Hey, what's up, guys? This is Grant Schwartz with the Conscious Athletics Podcast here for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information on what we're doing here, please take a second to visit us at ConsciousAthletics.net and or Conscious Athletics on Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit BeCooler.org. us again i gotta figure out like a good intro to this thing um i i don't know if i keep saying the same thing or not but <laughs> either way it's me grant again if you haven't listened to us um this is conscious athletic podcast and um, we're here to talk about athletes and transitioning to life after sports um today's guest i'm super excited to have she's our first female um on the on the uh, the show so I'm, I'm really excited to get her perspective um on on this whole process that we've been talking about um, one Paris ship. Paris is somewhat of a local legend here in Southern California. Um, she played softball here growing up in Thousand Oaks, um, which if you know anything about Southern California baseball and or softball, um, you know it's some of the best in the country. Um, she has many accolades um, that I'm going to say for her because she's probably a little modest as, that, as far as that goes, but she was Ventura County Player of the Year. I think she said as a sophomore in high school, which is even more impressive um she's was inducted into the ventura uh, county hall of fame um again a, a huge honor um and then you know at that point was obviously being recruited very heavily um kind of interested to hear her story because she did decide to go out to new york and uh, was it long island university yep long island university brooklyn campus um, brooklyn campus brooklyn campus all the way across this country which sounded really fun <laughs> as, uh, as a teen uh, get as far away from southern california as possible um right. So yeah, that was an interesting that was an interesting move for me, and I'll I'll dig into that. I'm super excited to chat with you about it too. I think it's a really fun topic, and it's much different now the world of recruiting. And so, oh my god, there will well, I'm sure we'll we'll pick up on that a little bit. But um, yeah, I was really hitting my stride in high school. I feel like I was like literally peaking. It's <laughs> 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 funny to look back yep. and talk about now. Um, and so I was, um, on varsity, I was also simultaneously playing travel ball and it's interesting in, in softball as a sport because similar, or I guess, which is different than other sports, you know, we play year round during travel, but obviously high school sports is usually seasonal. And so you kind of have to travel both. And so to me, in my mind, high school was always like the fun part of the game for me because the travel ball was like the, the business part where I'm like, for I'm sure. travel ball to get recruited. Like I have one job and that's to get recruited for college. Right. Um, so I was playing travel from gosh, like 10, nine or 10 years old, um, obviously through high school and, um, yeah, high school was fun. I was playing travel ball with a lot of my friends in high school too. But um, when I was a sophomore, and I think the rules were obviously again different back then than they are now, but um, I was being pretty heavily recruited during okay. um, during leagues or during rec uh, games that recruiters would come and they would watch our fields. And so while I was out there, I was getting talked to by these schools that I had never heard of before, right? I mean, that probably happens to a lot of people. You go, oh, cool. You love the attention. Right. It sounds awesome. Sure. Um, and you, I'm sorry, Long Island University Brooklyn campus was one that started chatting with me and they were pretty aggressive about it. And I had never heard of the school before, but I had done a lot of research into their, their academics. It's a D1 um, in New York. So how cool is that, right? right. Um, yeah. Long for short, fast forward, as soon as they were able to make me an offer, um, they gave me a full ride. At the time, I was 14 years old, 14, Jeez. Wow. <laughs> 14 years old, um, and it was this really weird dichotomy. I was like, this is what I've been working for for such a long time, but also like nervous about making the decision, making the commitment at that time, knowing that there was so much time still that I had to possibly get other offers. Mm -hmm. um, and this is where it gets really kind of sticky because the coaches and that school ended up giving me an ultimatum um, where they said, commit now or the offer's gone. Really? 
And so there was this talks around like, okay, it's just a verbal offer. You're not signing anything. So you could take mm-hmm. out of it, but I'm sure, you right. know, like any athlete knows is once you give a verbal offer, it's really taboo to, to back out of it. Um, especially, when, especially back when we were doing it. Now it's like these, these guys and girls, they're flipping and dipping all over the place. They commit to like three or four different schools, but yeah, sorry. sorry yeah, that's, no, that's really true. And I'm, at the time I didn't have any really close friends or anyone in my athletic network who had gotten similar offers to me. So it's not like I was bouncing ideas off of anyone else who had already done it before. Right. Um, you know, and I'm an old, I'm the oldest sibling in my family. So I didn't, I didn't really know anyone else who was getting this kind of offer and going to school. And so I didn't really have anyone to lean on. And so mm-hmm. it was to you for starting this and getting people to start to listen. Um, but yeah, so I, I ended up committing um, because I was just, so nervous. It was full ride. They paid for everything, right? School, board, books. I didn't pay a dime to go there. Um, And I went. And so after that, everything kind of was just coasting. Like my junior year, my senior year. Were other schools like, because I mean, I got to imagine being the player that you were in high school that, you know, you got UCLA, which is an absolute powerhouse that, and, and all the other schools in the area, the, you know, USC, et cetera. Like they had to have been like, uh, Paris, like, what are you doing? Like, stay home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's like I'm getting flashbacks of like conversations that I was getting from people who I really respected and people who I really looked up to at the time from coaches to, you know, my best friends whose parents were kind of like my parents, I'm sure you can relate to that, um, going yeah. over the parents' houses all the times. And, totally. um, you know, a lot of the conversation was like, they're kind of walking on eggshells because no one's going to look at a 14 year old and say, you're better than this. Right. <laughs> um, or maybe they would, but I didn't get a lot of that. Um, but, but some of my coaches were pretty tough about it. They were kind of like, what are you doing? Like, this is silly. This is stupid. Like you're going to get more offers, you know? Um, and it was, I was, I lost sleep over it, honestly, like for, for, for months at a time, I was going back and forth with my parents. And maybe this is something that kind of segues into like the reason behind the why, like the why behind everything and the decision-making and like why I chose to sacrifice so much to concentrate so much on sports and, I think hindsight's 2020, but the more, the older I get and the more that I look back on it, I I start to realize there was really one reason why I started making these decisions that were really hard for me, but they were really selfless, um, is because I was playing for, for other people, not myself. I was playing for my parents, right. Right. Supported me through my whole career, my, you know, whole career going through, going to tournaments, going to games, driving me, paying every last dime that they had right. to make sure that I could be where I needed to be, um, sacrificing work and opportunities and it's just as many sacrifices on their end, if not more than, than my own. And, you know, in the moment I, I thought that I was sacrificing everything, but really it was like, <laughs> so looking back, you know, it, it was really like, listen, my parents have sacrificed everything to get me here. I got this offer, which basically means I go to college and they don't have to pay a dime because I was working. I didn't have money to my name. I wasn't going to pay for myself to go to school. So, um, and so I did, I ended up pulling the trigger and I didn't, I kind of like zeroed out all the noise around me because I was like, well, I'm not doing it for you guys. I'm doing it for me and the people who have supported me really closely thus far. And I don't regret that. Um, decision but but it made things really hard I think transitioning and continuing on because at that time once I made that decision the sport and the game and everything after that was was um it was a job you know yeah. I wasn't doing it for me anymore I wasn't yeah. fun anymore it was a business and that's kind of the mindset that I took with me going throughout yeah you know it's uh, I've talked about it before it, it really is crazy the 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 level of decision that is that is put on kids so young and like to hear you say 14 and like I'm making this type of decision that's really going to shape your, the rest of your life because at the end of the day the university that you end up deciding to go to it's your network it's the people that you you stay in contact with as you as we all know when you get into the professional world a lot of times it's the reasons or or not the reasons that you you end up getting jobs and like even if somebody were to tell you that as a 14 year old or as a 15, 16 year old, like there's just, there's just no way that you could possibly understand the gravity of that. And yeah, no, I, I can definitely relate with that. And 
I remember um, for me, it was, you know, when I, when I got my first offer, I was like, you know, that was the school I was going to. I didn't care like that. That's what was happening. And, um, you know, luckily for me, and I mean, you know, it's funny is because I never really thought about this aspect before I started doing this podcast, but um, a few other people that I've had on have had similar stories where like, you know, I didn't have any, I had no context. I had nobody to support me or help me through that. Not, not, not support you, but understand that process. Right um there you know they just didn't have that exposure whereas for me my dad was my dad was a professional football player he went to Ohio State the whole nine so like he was he was shepherding me through that so like when I would get excited he'd be like calm down like let's just let's slow play this let's let's kind of see what what is coming our way um and and you're right you do you feel bad because like I mean at the end of the day you're like you're so flattered to hear from these different schools and they're all throwing these things out there and you're just like you know, I don't want to be rude or I don't want to come off as like cocky or as entitled. So like you're kind of, you know, kind of placating a little bit in those situations. I, I I used to remember when it started getting really hot and heavy for me, like I would be getting phone calls and I would be like, I would look at the, I would, I would have a phone in my room and I would, you know, this is back in the, back in the day when you had the wireless phone, I would, I would see some random area code. And this was before we'd get all crushed with all these telemarketers. So if it was a random area code, it was actually yeah. someone calling you. Right. And so I was like, I would try to yell down to my dad, like, don't it. And like, he would answer and he'd be like, Grant. And it would be like somebody from Idaho or something like that. And it was just always so awkward. And actually <laughs> I had, I had committed. So flash forward, I had committed to Ohio state. And so I was like, you know, I don't want to hear from anybody else. This is my dream school. This is where I'm going. I don't care. But like the same for you, these people, they're, they're, they're doing their job and they're trying to, they're trying to flip you from that. Right. Yeah. And, and they, and they bribe you too in ways oh, that, yeah allowed to do it i'm sure you know that but the flattery is insane oh yeah they're, they're, you, you you can play every position what position do you want to play you want to go both ways like what do you want to do and I, I'll, I'll never forget i don't remember the coach's name but it was it was the university of idaho and he and i and i i wasn't good at telling people no and so he, he got a hold of me and he's like hey i want to come to your game this friday where are you guys playing um and i was like oh we're playing at mission video high school he's like okay do you mind like sending me some information about that and i just was like yeah sure for i'm totally gonna send you that and like i just didn't because i was just like dude i don't care like first off no offense to university of idaho but i'm going to out there like i'm good like <laughs> yeah. and and uh i'll never forget i was sitting there warming up for the game and 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 on the field walks the coach and he walks up to me I'm like, oh hey coach what's up you found it and he goes yeah no thanks to you and then just walks right by me and i was like oh yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Either way, I digress. A little anecdotal story there. But um, yeah, no, it's just like, it's crazy. Like the, that that level of pressure that's put on a kid of that age to make that decision. And then the fact that you did that so early and then we're just like, I'm sticking to my guns. This is where I'm going. So, okay. So you flash forward, you get to the end of your, yeah. end of your, how, did, how was your guys, were you, were, were you on a pretty successful team in those years? Uh, it, when I went to like you, for high school and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's a lot it's a lot different now, unfortunately. But yes, uh, we were incredibly competitive. When I was a freshman at in high school and I came into school, there were eight starting seniors on my softball team. And wow, for these fans, there's only nine people on the field. So, <laughs> right. um, so I, I plugged a spot. And so I was the only freshman amongst an entire field of seniors. And they stuck me at shortstop my freshman year. And wow. I was this, I'm pretty tiny in general for softball, but like I was really tiny as a freshman. <laughs> Um, so I, I looked like this tiny little shrimp out there on the field, but yes. Um, so to answer your question, we had a really successful, we went to CIF, I think every single year that I was on that team in high school. Um, I think we got to semifinals my sophomore junior year. Um, so pretty successful. We had really good talent coming out of there as well. I think the majority of people coming out of my school did end up playing D1, Wow. Um, and then the talent amongst the league was crazy too. Like it was so competitive and oh, yeah. it's, 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 it's wild, but that's some kind of Southern California softball to your point. Um, but yeah, the commitment, that commitment to baseball or softball is like, it's, that was for me, it was cause I was, a, I was a baseball player growing up too. And I, I just couldn't hack it as far as, cause you guys, it's like, you're playing travel ball as well. You're yeah. playing, you're, you're playing hundreds of games a year. You're in random places in like July, like you want to just be at the beach, but now you're in Modesto playing in some tournament. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. You know, I, I can't tell you, uh, my my friends who I'm still friends with now from high school, it's like an ongoing joke. I'm 30 now. And it's like, it's still, people still talk about how, like how many things I missed out on in high school. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. so you remember when we went and did this as, a, as our friend group? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <Welcome there>. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, never was missed all the high school dances, missed all of that stuff. And, but at the time it was like, I didn't really think twice about it. It was kind of just like, yeah, it sucks, but this is what I do. And this is kind of who I am. And really, this is probably going to be like the moral of the story is like, it's really your identity. You know, it's like who you identify and like just who you are as a person. And that's what other people just know you as too. And so kind of carrying that through, it's kind of just, this is what, this is what it is. This is life, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, and you're so in it and, 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 you know, again, being, being a kid of that age, it's just like, this is, this is my world. There's nothing else out of there. And I, and I don't really care. And I mean, but yeah, the commitment that, that it takes to be a high level softball player is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost nauseating. I mean, with football, what's great about it is like, I guess the, 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 the catch 22 is it's, it's so violent that you can only do it for so long. Like you have to, you have to take breaks. Whereas baseball or softball, you can just continue through that and, and, and uh, you know, keep running and keep running. You got spring ball and then you go into summer ball and then you go to winter ball. And it's like, and then we're back around again and we're doing it again. And yeah, um, yeah. not even and, talking about practicing. Yeah. And to your point, it's like, it's, it's always in these crazy places where we have to travel, whether or not it's in Southern California. You know, I just, I have like really vivid memories of my dad waking me up. Absolutely ass crack of dawn and like I would I would wake up I'd still sleep I'd brush my teeth I'd like still be sleeping in the car I'd pull up to the game and immediately start warming up and then we played five games in one day it's like yeah two these are two and a half hour games and we're playing five five games <laughs> in a day and then doing it all over again the next day and like I would go home and I'd be sleeping in the car and my dad'd be like holding an ice bag on my shoulder and like all right. my all my ailment um, <laughs> that I gathered over the years. And so, yeah, it was crazy. But I do remember while that was all, all happening and I was starting to get recruited kind of going back, I, I actually, I just remembered this. I, I had this orange binder um, where I would like organize and keep any sort of communication from college recruiters that I would have communications with. So like maybe people do this, maybe they don't, but I would organize mine by like state and by, and then like schools within the state and then if there was a handwritten letter, that always meant more to me than someone who sent me a letter. And so I would like, I had this thing where I was playing the field, but then, yeah, once that offer came, I just kind of, it all kind of stopped. It all kind of just came to a halt. So. Man, I mean, it's just, I, it's crazy to me. So, all right. So, all right. So you get through high school and you're like, all right, I'm doing it. I, I'm sticking to my guns. I made this commitment. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Brooklyn. Let's do it. Like, I mean. I know being from California, going to Ohio, what it's like, I, I, I can feel the homesickness in my stomach right now. Um, what was that feeling when you got on campus for the first time? And, and it's, it's so crazy because it's like, you're actualizing a dream, something that you've been working your ass off for so many years. And like, you get there and you're like, I just, I don't, I want to go home. I don't want to do, at least for me, I was like, I, what am I doing? Like, this is a mistake. Like, I need to get out of here. I got, I was so homesick that I got physically sick. Like I literally got physically sick um and lost like 14 pounds when I got there um so tell me about that and what was that like um yeah. being all the way across schedule yeah um so I think excitement number one I was still I was 17 when I left Thousand Oaks and went yeah, wow. so went out there and mind you they did their due diligence they flew me out a couple times and did the whole whining and dining and touring campus mm -hmm. and introduced me to the team and so on and so forth they you know really pulled out the red carpet for me um, but I got there and honestly, I, I was a little like underwhelmed by the whole thing. I, I wasn't mm -hmm. immediately homesick. I think my, my excitement of being somewhere and doing something new and in my mind, still doing something that I loved, right. Um, was, was exciting, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what it was. I think like going to class, having a schedule, having a routine. I mean, I was already familiar with all of that. Nothing was like new for me. It was kind of just taking mm. a routine and like just putting me in another place and doing the same thing. Um, but really what kind of started to itch and bother me was this. I didn't quite understand the environment that the school actually created, which is it's a, it's a really, really tiny, tiny campus. Mm -hmm. um, there's only one dorm building for the entire student population who lived on campus. Wow. Um, and so it was, it felt smaller than my high school. It like, yeah. from, like social standpoint. And I was 17. Uh, you can't, can't really do anything in Brooklyn, New York, when you're 17 years old, you can't right. get into a bar. It's like, especially when I looked like I was 14 still, but <laughs> it was like really challenging. And so anyway, that was, that was, that was interesting and weird. I stuck it through. I was focusing on softball. I was doing all that, but I had 
gone through an injury already in high school that I'd overcome. I tore my labrum and my left side, even though I'm right-handed, which is really strange. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty bad, but I ended up getting that fixed like the summer going into college year. Recovery is mm. relatively quick, but I got there and I was like focusing on that, making sure I was healthy. I wanted to be really strong coming out of the gates when I was there. Um, and it was fun. I, it was the first time I've ever really like experienced true weather and like playing softball in true weather, like when okay. it was wild and we had an outdoor <laughs> sports field, which was just insane. Um, so like, I was just trying to navigate life and I was kind of trying to soak it all in and make friends and do the whole thing. But, um, really what ended up kind of playing out is I, I played the year I, I, I did pretty well and it all kind of just started fizzling a little bit like academics at the school were not super challenging I was underwhelmed by that um competitiveness amongst the league was okay but I was getting a little bored um and so yeah I don't know I was kind of starting to like lose the love a little bit and I noticed that and I caught that and so um maybe that's kind of what started the homesick feeling I guess a little bit right yeah. Um, kind of lit the fire. And so I ended up kind of just having conversations with the people in my inner circle and who I love and trust the most and respect their opinion. And then it kind of all came back to that, like really tough decision-making where I'm like, I'm, do I make decisions for myself or do I make decisions for other people who I love and care about? I don't know. Yeah. Do I tough it out? Do I just stick it out and stay here and, and just deal with it for the next three years? Or like, what do I do? Um, and recognizing that the decision that I had made before was ultimately not the best one for me. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like I wanted to be, I had to be a little more selfish. And so I did end up deciding to leave. Um, so were you there for how, how many seasons were you there for only one season? One full season I played. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We ended up going, yeah. we ended up going and playing competitively. I, I think I ended up going, um, to the attorney and we played at, uh asu uh which okay. was fun um yeah for sure yeah interesting yeah because i i mean not that i'm some softball aficionado and i and i actually do have to admit this on this podcast but i i every year when it comes around it's like it's like may june time frame is when the, is when the tourney is right mm -hmm. I, I i'll watch i'll start watching and it's it's so it's so interesting that for me to watch uh you know women play because of the camaraderie that you guys have and like the way that it's being like, I just love it. It's like so different from, from guys. I mean, baseball and softball, are obviously like, to me, they're like, they're, they're interchangeable. Yeah. Um, but like the, the way that the women go about it, it's funny. I think that you guys might be even a little bit more competitive, <laughs> um, than, than guys. And so, yeah. you know, it's just always something very fun for me to watch, but I just like, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I never heard of long Island in that context. Um, Long Island from the Brooklyn campus so it was just interesting when I because I because when we first met you told me UCLA and so I was was thinking about that and then I was like oh Long Island and then I was like oh yeah she did mention that mm -hmm. so that's just that it was like interesting to me like um so they what league do they play in and like are you guys playing outside of the league a lot so that you can obviously you know get yourself ready for the the tournament play what's that like yeah NEC East um and we played against like um, Sacred Heart. We played a lot of schools in Connecticut, New Jersey, um, yeah. probably schools also that you know very little about. But we did end up going during the winter months when we couldn't really play in New York. We ended we flew to Florida a ton and played a bunch okay. of schools in Florida um, and like UCF and and all those schools. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which was which was good. But again, softball is kind of one of those sports where it's not something that you can just practice and in the off season and then play competitively when you start playing live ball. Like you have yeah. to have scrimmage games. You have to actually play live ball in order to keep your skills up. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a necessity. Um, but yeah, I think you know it, it's interesting that you mentioned that like you had never really heard of Long Island University before and Brooklyn campus because. I think similarly, you, you know, I had this rep in high school, like going in before I made the that decision where everyone's like, oh, you're going to go to this great school. You're going to do all these great things. Like my accolades were everything. Like, and then once I made that commitment, it was, it was kind of like, I really felt this drop off of people kind of like not really caring anymore and right. stopped paying attention to my accolades. My accolades didn't really mean much anymore. Um, and it's kind of like I sold my soul. Kind of wrote me off after that and I didn't 
it, it is what it is. Again, that decision was for, not wasn't for them, and I have I've never played like that before in my life. Mm-hmm. I played for the accolades and the credit and the and and whatnot. But um, so yeah, that was a really interesting time for me and a little bit of an adjustment because you go from kind of being this hyped up person and people talking right. about you all the time, and 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 then really just hard stop and it was a little refreshing at the time but also now it's kind of like wow it's really brutal (laughs) oh man harsh really really harsh yeah they don't care nobody cares it's about what have you done for me lately and 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 the truth is unfortunately especially when you're in when you're in you know high school and it there's a lot of hanger-ons you know and they're like oh I want to I want to be with Paris ship because she's going to Oklahoma or she's going to Texas or she's going to UCLA or this, that, or the other. And when, and when they don't feel like they're going to get that clout out of being friends with you or being associated with you, it's kind of like, well, whatever, I'm just not. And you, and you see that a lot. And it's like, it's a, it's a brutal lesson to learn at a young age about, about people in general. Uh, but another great thing about sports that, you know, we, we, you know, we talk a ton about this on this podcast about how it prepares you for what life is going to be like and, and, and how people handle certain situations. Um, and in the moment, it's hard to kind of understand what those lessons are. But when you, when you take a look back, you're like, wow, I've already, I've already experienced that at, a, at an extremely deep level. And, and so when it happens later, you're like, okay, no, I've seen this before. I'm just going to go ahead and run my script because this isn't new to me, you know? Yep. So true. I, I relate and I still continue to pull similarities in, in real world life today. So absolutely. Uh, good lessons learned, I think, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, what a decision. I mean, that had to be, you, you talk about feeling a little bit obligated because you had committed to them. What was that like being like, coach, I'm, I'm out? <laughs> really, really hard. I, I, I think I'm like starting to sweat, even just like thinking about that phone call <laughs> that I had, that I had to make to that coach, because on, I, honestly, to this day, like so much respect for them. I, I, appreciate at the end of the day what they offered me and the opportunity that they gave me because it wasn't mm. nothing. it wasn't nothing and whether or not we want to talk about the school not having as much credibility as some other schools it, at the end of the day it's a d1 school that offered me a full ride to go uh, and like absolutely that's that's not nothing so um yeah it was really really hard um you know I think coach probably thought that I was making that decision for the wrong reasons or didn't really fully understand my my reasoning and and you know, I kind of had to rip the bandaid and just, it's kind of like quitting a job that you let that for a long time. It's like, gotta go, gotta move on to do something different for me. Um, so, you know, that's what I did. And I, it was really late into the year and I made the decision last minute. I was, I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about it. I, I changed my mind so many times. I can't even tell you. And, um, to the point where I, I don't even think I told you this, but it really, I had a really rough patch with my dad, who was kind of like my rock through my whole career growing up. And he kind of was the one who I leaned on through for everything to make decisions. He was my coach. He was, he was all of that. And when mm-hmm. I decided and I went to him and I told him that I made the decision ultimately that I'm going to leave, it was a really like contentious con- conversation, multiple conversations that I had with him to the point where mm-hmm. like, listen, like we do not see eye to eye on this. I, he doesn't, you don't agree. I don't agree. And we're just kind of going to leave it at that and hope that we can mend ties later um and so I had a like a pretty long stint where I wasn't as um I really like wasn't really communicating with my dad very very much at all and uh you know he's still to this now in hindsight I think he's happy with the decision but really he was he gave me a hard time and 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 because I think that kind of stems from this like my family and me we're loyal to a fault and that's kind of Mm -hmm. maybe my decision about giving that verbal offer and not even thinking twice about backing out of it um so yeah I ended up but I ended up doing it I made the call I I left and um it was late into the season and I was like well what the hell am I gonna do now um so you, you did that with like you had you had no conversations with any other university it was basically I'm just jumping off into the abyss that's probably what your dad your dad was probably just scared right he was just for scared sure. for you he for was sure. just scared for you for sure. But that's crazy. That's it. That, I mean, you, at the end of the day, like you have the ultimate confidence in your abilities. So, you know, like, okay, I'm going to land on my feet eventually, but to like, cause that was for me at Ohio state, like I had a lot of rough times and I considered transferring multiple times. And ultimately like, it's not like it is today where those lines of communication are open, where you can, you can talk to other universities. And for me, it was always like, there was always these like half commitments of like, yeah, no, like if, if you do that, we'll have a conversation. I'm like, well, what do you mean if, if I do that? Like, 
And this was during the time, this was during the recession, which, you know, my family had no money. And so I was like, dude, I'm, I could very well leave this school and be fucking out on my ass and, and not have anything to show for it. Um, so that's, that's, <laughs> I, I much respect there. Cause that's a ballsy move, but yeah, um, yeah, it was wild. And, and honestly, there was a little, there was a little bit of time where I didn't know if it was going to work out. I didn't know if things were going to pan out, but to your point, like I knew eventually that this softball career was going to come to an end and I I needed to start thinking about whether it was now or three years from now like well who who am I and what can I do other than softball that's going to allow me to stand on my own two feet and make my own decisions and like feel supported in all the ways that I need to be and Mm. so yeah I ripped ripped band-aid and I just went with it and so what I knew for sure is that I needed to finish school right I was like school's number one school's most important and um without getting too far into the weeds, I ended up applying to a school that was just accepting late applications. I had family in town. Um, it was at, it was in UNO, at UNLV um, in Vegas, <laughs> just wild. And- <laughs> How was uh, that? <laughs> New York, New York to Vegas. Uh, right. Uh, funny. Um, well, it was probably a lot of people's experience at UNLV. I wasn't playing sports, so I kind of was ducking and dodging the the athletics team at UNLV because I I didn't want to play at UNLV, to be honest with you. And so I was just there to stay on track with school. And I was like, I got to figure out this whole softball thing after. We're like, let's 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 do this first. And right. I was working at like a nightclub, just making some money on the side so I can pay for my bills because <laughs> You know, course, my, parents yeah. my parents weren't going to pay for school what, when after I made that decision to give up a full ride. So, wow. um, yeah, I was working, like going to school full time, working from like 10 o'clock at night to four o'clock in the morning and then doing it all over again the next day. And, wow. um, what I ended up doing actually during the, during the summertime is I decided to start coaching. So I was coaching trap, the same travel team that I was playing for before I left, um, for college and I was coaching like 16 U. And these girls were, it's funny, I'm only a few years older than them, but I was full coaching, like head coach on this team and helping these kids help get recruited by, (laughs) by college recruiters. And they're like, wait a second, I know you, what's going on here? (laughs) It was really funny. And so, okay, one day I randomly got a phone call, didn't answer it. Um, And it was a voice message from Lisa Fernandez. And if anyone who plays softball or baseball, probably who Lisa Fernandez is. Fernandez is um she was the assistant coach at UCLA at the time and so I was like what what like yeah right uh pinch myself a little bit here yeah and so the message was basically like hey Paris heard you left Long Island University um we were, we were recruiting you when you were in high school bummed out that we missed an opportunity to recruit you earlier on um we'd love to come see you play to see if maybe you'd be a good fit for our team for this upcoming year literally like like, i was like oh my god and yeah and so there was this part of me initially where i was like like hell yeah like this is this is the coolest thing ever like i thought about calling my parents right away but then like reality set into my brain and i'm like dude i haven't swung a bat in months months and again it's crazy not playing competitively for even like a few weeks is like you you go into a rut and it's really hard to get out of and so I started kind of like crapping myself because I was like (laughs) number one like I'm not really playing on a competitive team to showcase my skills like I don't know how she's gonna come watch me play like what am I I'm just randomly gonna join a team and start playing somewhere and hopefully I have a good game that she I don't know um Fast forward, long story short, we ended up scheduling a time. I was coaching my team. I was coaching a tournament in, I think it was Huntington Beach. Okay. And Lisa Fernandez decided to come to that tournament and meet me at a practice facility nearby, like a batting cage. Mm-hmm. And she was basically like, I'm just going to watch you take some space. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, wow okay yeah all right, sure um wasn't using my bat didn't have my own glove uh and what a story my 
assistant coach at the time ended up having to like throw me grounders and like throw me grounders, not like <laughs> throw me grounders on the ball. On, she had a good turf. arm. She had, she had a great arm. Yeah, she was really making yeah. it. <laughs> Literally like on the turf in this batting cage. And Lisa was there for probably 11 minutes max, like 11 yeah. minutes. Didn't say a word to me while I was there and just watched me. And she left without saying anything. Oh my God. I was like, what well, just happened? Last, last time I'm ever going to hear from her. Like, okay, right. well, that's fun while it lasted. I guess I'll go back to my normal coaching life and UNLV. Um, yeah, and ended up getting a call from her like the next day. And she's like, we want you on the team. Like, like if you're interested, like, come. That's so rad. Come join us. And so- That's like a movie story, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like freaking, uh, taking it. Well, in the movie, of course, you would have had a night shift till 4 a.m. And then you would have gone straight from the night shift to the, to the practice facility and, and had that. But man, I mean, that's what, I, that's what being an athlete's all about, especially when you start getting on the high levels is, is being able to, to sit, to perform boom like that. And I mean, for you at that point, like that stuff's second nature, you know what I mean? Like as nervous as you were, like, I haven't been doing it. Like, you know, you're, it, that, you're that's ingrained and you could probably go out there right now and people would be like, Whoa, what, <laughs> who, who is this person? Um, that's that's such a cool story and like what a what a weird mental place to be and what it, honestly like like gave you a preview of what it would be like potentially you know years down the line when, when the career did come to an end but like I just I, like what was that mental space like like working at a club in Vegas like you had to be like what the fuck happened like this is yes. crazy yes literally and also it was kind of like this really I really needed this at the time this mental space that I was in I was like I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, oh my God, my life is going down the drain. Um, but I, I really needed that validation and it was, it was cool. It, it, to your point, it really did make me feel like, okay, I can do, I think I can do both. Like I, I know I can play softball. Like I've been validated. Like that's for sure. I can do that path. And I also think that I could figure it out if, and when I ever can't play softball again, like, I think I'm like, I'm making decisions for myself that I think are the best for me. And I am starting to really understand who I am and like, that's weird. It's a weird feeling, but like really cool. Super mature, super mature of you, because I mean, that's, that's really the whole impetus of this whole thing is a lot of, a lot of people struggle with that so much. And, and even, even the fact that you're like, we're able to like to say like, you know what, if this is it for me, then, then this is my path and I'm, I'm ready to tackle the next challenge. And um, like to have that foresight and to be thinking into the future. Cause like, I, you know, I, I definitely wasn't like that. You see the writing on the wall, but yeah. I've, I've said, I've said this, I've said this before and, and, and you'll relate with this, but this was a saying that my dad always, always told me and he's still to this day. And as, as an athlete, you have to have an irrational belief in yourself, right? It, it has, you, you, you have to believe that you're capable of anything that that sport, you know, has to offer because it is such a crazy a- achievement. And, and, but to like, to be like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm okay. Like I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with myself. I'm okay with, with my path in life that, I, that I'm willing to step away from something that was everything to me. Um, and not just to you. And I think that's something that's lost upon people who maybe don't, um, have the experiences is like, is how much your family's involved with it and how much it means to them and how much they identify with that because oh, you're, yeah. you're, they're your parents. You're, you're, you know, Paris is, is my daughter and she's this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, that's probably another reason why your dad was like tripping out. He's like, well, yeah. wait a second. Like, I'm not going to be able to talk about how proud I am of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I felt that, you know, I, I really did. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure at the time that the decision that I was making was, was the right one. And I, in fact, I thought some m- many times that it wasn't, but I, I, I stuck with it and did it, did it anyway. And when I got that call initially from Lisa, that voice message, I, I told you, I thought so many times about calling my parents, but I actually didn't. I, I, I didn't tell my parents that I got that call. I didn't tell anyone that I got that call until after the batting cage session, which was a couple of weeks later. And I got that second call from Lisa, basically fully making me the offer. And at that time, once I knew it was set in stone and it was official at that point, I called my parents. My parents are like, what? what are you talking about (laughs) by the way i'm i'm coming to one of the most difficult universities to get in in the in the country in the world let alone the country um full 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 boat there as well so i ended up getting academic scholarship there because um they had fooled filled their uh, athletic roster already for the year which was in hindsight, I'm like, my God, thank, I'm so happy that I ended up continuing going to school and focusing on academics because right. to your point, like 
UCLA is not an easy school to get into. And whether or not you have the voice and the backing of people high up in the athletic department, like if you have shitty grades, like you're not getting in. So Um, no, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a UC as well. So there's, they don't really have much flexibility. Whereas we won't talk about that other school across town where they, they yeah, cheat yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I ended up having to like pull all my grades together and I'm like, oh, thank God I actually did my, did my stuff. Um, and I submitted it and I got in like fully academically. Um, and then they offered me academic scholarship with partial, partial athletic scholarship. So um, that's, that's crazy. What a story. Yeah. And so, all right. So, all right. So now, now, now you're in Westwood, you're a Bruin, yeah. um, you're back, you're back in the game. So what was, what was your experience there? I know when we, when we briefly uh, spoken, uh, so actually another little anecdotal story, you, we were also talking to a proud owner of a hole in one here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's she, right. she, she, uh, so she, actually how place. I met, how I met Paris is she's, she's, uh, dating one of my very good friends, Sean Sherifon. Um, and we went out and golfed. We went out and golfed a, a, a couple of times, or at least one time. And she was telling me some stories about her her experiences in the College World Series and things of that nature. So UCLA, I mean, if you don't know about it's, you know, they're always in the mix for for the top team in the country. So what was the like the difference between like playing at LIU and then like okay now you're now you're in this this environment like just a completely different world. I'll say this, and this is like a, I think a really nice way of me putting it to myself is like I was humbled very very quickly <laughs> like right. very quickly I right. mean I, I you go from being a, a really big fish in a little pond to like a tadpole in a gigantic gigantic <laughs> pond I mean I was playing with girls who were like Gatorade player of the year yada 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 like like they're my accolades were like silly they were embarrassing compared to some of these girls that I was playing with but you know I think something that I really had to adjust to really quickly was and I'm sure there's other schools like this too but UCLA in particular like there is so much buy-in and like uh propaganda around like you represent the school like you don't represent this team you don't represent yourself like you represent the school and there's like training that you have to go through to like learn how to speak to entities and like what to say when you're asked these challenging questions and always talk about your competitors and in like a a, a highlighted way and in a nice way and compliment them and do this and do that. And so it was actually like a lot of um, like mental challenges more so into a lot of the physical challenges. But so that was really interesting. Um, And then the academic rigor at the same time and acclimating to that was like, insanity um you know just the routine that they put you on we had you know 5 a.m 4 30 a.m weights uh 6 30 to 7 you get to go to the cafeteria and have breakfast 7 a.m you have your morning practice 9 a.m school starts p.m practice after you have your study set required study session that you have to go to and then start all over the next day like yeah every college athlete can relate to that but man oh man was it gnarly oh man yeah no that's (laughs) i used to i would go to the lecture halls and i would i would find the the most corner spots because i knew i was gonna fall asleep because it's like dude i've been up since like you said since 4 30 not just like i've been up we've been busting our ass for the last three hours you guys are just rolling out of bed for this 9 30 class yeah and then like and then they make you spotlight in there they make you do a lot of um like volunteer work that shines positive light and 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 get some funding into the to the program as well so like anytime you have an hour you're like oh hell yeah like I'm gonna go sleep for a minute they're like oh no we gotta go do this volunteer thing across campus so sorry like can't do that I'm like wait that wasn't on the agenda it's like well it is now (laughs) so right Yeah, I know you you hit the nail on the head. You're you're you are an extension of that university, and and obviously UCLA beyond just their their prowess on the athletic field is is such a, a, a storied institution, um, and they and they don't take that lightly for, for for a good reason. You know what I mean? Like you you are you you do have to put your best foot forward, um, and and you're wearing that. You, in my opinion, the best colors in college football. Don't tell the Ohio State people, but um, yeah. So okay, so so you're there. What was did you like you were you're a shortstop right so you were you 
who are you competing with? Was it like, kind of like, Hey, we need a shortstop. So that's why we signed you. Or was it like, you know, get in line and, and compete? What was that like? It was more like get in line and compete to be honest with you. But, but I yeah. think most players who come into UCLA, that's kind of like the, the environment that they put you in. Like no one ever feels coming into UCLA, like you have a guaranteed spot, like right. ever, unless you're an absolute superstar. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, I was competing against freshman girls who were, I, I felt like anxious at that point, but um, like I'd been through it all, but yeah, I mean, just raw, the rawest talent of girls who have been playing really recently and like consistently at really high levels of competition. And again, like not only did I take those months off, but I also prior to that was playing at a level of competition that was not UCLA. Right. right. And so it was a really, really interesting adjustment for me. I had a, I had a hard time. I won't lie to you. Like it was, it was, it was tough. And so there's this mental part of it that comes into play too. Like, am I good enough? Like, I don't, do I deserve to be here? Like, I don't know why they asked me to come here. Like all of those things that any athlete has probably been through at some point in their life, but, you know, heightened, I feel like at, at that, at that place. And um, so, yeah, I, I was playing and we ended up beating out. I was swapping all in the infield. I was playing second, short, third. Um, and we, we played like that a lot you know, on the first year that I was there, there was a lot of really good utility players on our team, young utility players that we kind of wanted to just keep on the field. And so we were just mm -hmm. rotating and figuring out who needed to be where, where in the lineup people needed to be. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was, it was, it felt like just tryouts. It felt like you were at tryouts every single day. Yep. I mean, that's what, that's what it means to play at, at the highest level. You're just, it's, it's always, what have you done for me lately? And, and, and the moment you, you falter, there's, there's, like you said, there's somebody with, with an extreme talent and extreme resume right there to, to uh, you know, fill in that spot for you. So yeah. that's just, I mean, and that's, that's to me, to me, um, when you, when you go in later in life and, and you're, and you're doing whatever profession that you, that you end up deciding like to, to have that type of experience is just so invaluable because it's like, and no other no other point in your life are you gonna have are you gonna feel that type of pressure like every single second like if I make one mistake if I slip up here like it's it like I'm not gonna get the opportunity that I want so like I, I just feel like that's such a I think I feel like that's such a plus and like especially with a sport like softball where it's like you know one thing that I like to to kind of reference is it's just this not a theory I don't even know really how to even put this but it's a it's a book really it's called the compound effect. And I feel like softball is such a such a microcosm of the compound effect. And the compound effect is just doing little things every single day at a consistent basis where eventually you'll see that um, you see that growth. And, and that's what it's like to, to try up, try to go out there and hit these these softballs that are doing all sorts of crazy different things. You have to put in that repetition. You have to see that every single day. And that same thing applies to life, like with whatever it is. Like for me, it's like, you know, it's like the mental health aspect. And was one of the realizations I had when I when I kind of made a turn because I was you know I was struggling with my with my mental health and it was like I was able to do this sport at a very very high level and it was because of my consistency it was because of my ability to 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 take a defeat and to come back and to continue and I was like if I could if I could implement that same type of mindset for my mental health with whether it be meditation whether it be journaling whether it be you know just physical fitness or things of that nature like. I think that I might be onto something and that's it. That's really a superpower that athletes, you know, possess. Um, and so like, you know, and I feel like I just, for, for the, what, what it takes to be a good softball player or a baseball player, it's like the easiest way to describe it is three out of 10 and you're an all-star three out of 10 over a career and you might be a hall of famer, yeah. um, which is like, that's insane. Like, that's just such a, like a, a crazy thing to think of like 30% and you're, and you're doing it. Um, you're really doing it. Yeah. 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 So, like, how do you define, how do you define success? You start literally wondering, like, how do you define success? Right? Like, what does it mean to actually be successful? Cause like for me at the time, I was like, man, if I can just get one hit on this team, right. like that's, that's a win for me. <laughs> like, yes. I, I'm going to sign off my career and say, good, uh, hit my hat right. and walk out of there. Um, yeah. And I think it's hard, like, and maybe you can relate to this too. Maybe you can't, but like, as I started getting into like my senior year, I was like, those thoughts of what am I going to do next, like really start to become more prominent and, and they start to weigh heavier and they, they're like really all consuming because mm -hmm. like, 
I've always known, I've always told myself, even at the peak of my accolades and my career, wherever, whatever, wherever I was and whatever I was doing, I, I knew I wasn't going to play ball like after school, like after college, I knew I wasn't going to play sports anymore. What is that for softball? Because I know it's just like, I, obviously you hear about the, well, they don't even, which is crazy. They don't even have the Olympics for softball or at, at this point. I, I'm sure it'll come back at some point. It, it depends on the, the city that's hosting. But what is that like for, for you guys? Because, you know, like you said, you guys are competing at, at the highest level and it's like, what is the path? Like, is there, is there a path? Is it, is it even tenable or is it kind of like, I'm just doing this because I love the game and like, I may make a few bucks doing it, but I'm probably gonna have to get a job as well to, to sustain that. I feel like there are like really from what in my experience and the people that I've played with and who I know what they're doing now, I, I feel like there's like really three options for softball players who who play at that level mm. is number one, actually go professional. There is a mm. professional league where you can go and actually play on a team, which eventually and hopefully you have a chance of playing, you know, on the national team and going and playing at the Olympics for USA, like if softball remains in the Olympics. Um and I think you make like $25,000 a year. They pay for your hotel, which yeah, well. it's, it's, it's literally, you love the game so much and you cannot give it up and you're, you can sustain it and, and, and do it. And that's what you want to give your life and, and to, and, and just do it that way. And that's many people who played that, that level choose to do that, which is, it was never right. an option for me mentally. I, I, my, my mind never went there. Option two is to go the coaching route which is a very common option for people who play at that level. They want to go play, they want to go coach at some D1 school or D2 school and work their way up to D1 schools, right? And right. yeah, you could probably make a pretty good amount of money that way if you actually make it to the top. Mm. Um, or option three, you leave and you never look back ever again. <laughs> play like a club rec league every once in a while, which is happens to be the path that I took. Um, and yeah, but yeah, really, that's it. I, I mean, those are the options, so. No, it's it's not. It's it's uh it's unfortunate, really. It it really is. And what's going on with the with the whole uh you know USA national team is is it, it, it interesting because that, now that I'm thinking about it, like there's all these names with like Julie Finch. Is that is that a name? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like and and and, and Lisa yeah. Fernandez, um, and all the and and they were all and they all got that fame for playing on the national team because when the Olympics came around, we all know the hype train that goes around that and like. And that's just like, it's just unfortunate that that's been, that's been taken away because that's an opportunity to, you know, see some, see some reciprocation, not, you know, and getting an education, all that stuff is, is, is wonderful. Uh, but it, it would be nice to, to see some, some monetary gains from that. Um, but yeah, so I, we digress before I kind of went off on that tangent you were saying. So you around your junior year, you're kind of yeah. like, okay, like, yeah, my junior and senior year, I really started to think like I knew those were my three options realistically. And I knew I wasn't going to do option one. I was like, option two sounds like kind of fun. And right. I do it. I've already coached before. And, and I don't know. I just, I wanted, I started this, I started to have this overwhelming feeling of like, again, like, who am I outside of this sport? And like, can I do and be anything else? And can I do and do it successfully? I have absolutely no idea. Literally, like, right. that was my answer, like, if anyone asked me, like, what are your passion? Like, what are you passionate about? What are your passions in life? And I'm like, well, softball I, I really haven't really, really had any <laughs> options outside of just softball like and, and at that point I have to I had to actually ask myself well is the answer softball like am I actually passionate about softball or am I just doing it it's because that's just what I do you know mm -hmm. when it became when that answer became a little blurry I've always been pretty self-aware I think and intrinsic to the point where I was like okay that's not good that I don't have an answer to that. I don't like that. I don't have an answer to that. I don't feel good about myself knowing that I don't know who I am outside of this sport. And so you start to like play the field a little, you start to think about what kind of piques my interest. What do I like? What don't I like? Like, man, do I have a social life? I don't know. Not really. Um, <laughs> you know, all these things that I'm sure athletes, athletes think about, but I, I don't know why I just felt them really, really heavily, right? Like at the start of my senior year mm -hmm. and I wanted to have a plan. Like I wanted to feel like I was moving in the direction and down a path that I saw light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. And um, that kind of really moved me away from like a, 
loving the game and playing it as a game and to listen I just got to get through this at this point right. so I can move on with the rest of my life yeah, that makes sense. and it's kind of like being in a relationship with someone where you know the relationship is over but like you are still living with them and the, right. thought, <laughs> the thought of breaking it off is so messy that you end up just choosing to stick with the relationship God, that's such place. a good so you true. know what I mean like mm. I, I, I've been there so <laughs> we, I think we've all been there, hopefully yeah. yeah so really that's where I was at I was like all right like I respect the game it's gotten me here like I'm just going to continue to finish this out and make sure that I tie my loose ends but like I'm gonna start thinking about and prioritizing mentally like what's next you know and that so was what, what does that look like because I think that would be like an important thing for for some people that would listen yeah. to this like what, like did you have like a process did you like reach out to like mentors did you like did you start reading about stuff like how did you get yourself in that in that mindset to, to start you know trying to find what was next for you yeah, I think number one, I really started putting myself out there socially and building my network of people that did not have any clue what softball was, or at least like the intricacies of playing softball at that school. And that's mm -hmm. with like within the school, without this, like outside of the school, I was just trying to become more uh, like a chameleon in like my environments. And so no matter who I was with and I would put myself in uncomfortable situations that I would never have before. I'm talking like, I went to parties with like, um, engineering clubs, never in a million years would I ever have considered that before I really forced myself to do it. Cause I thought about what the benefits would be afterward. So yeah, <laughs> I, I went to like an engineering hey. club, you know, and engineers, they party. They Come party, they do party. Fun. <laughs> and so I don't regret a second of it. Anytime I put myself in one of those uncomfortable situations, it ended up being really, really, really worked in my favor. And so, yeah, putting myself out there, making myself uncomfortable. And what I really started to do in those conversations and with those people is I, I, I made it a point to not bring up the fact that I was an athlete and that I played sports. Like I wanted to talk about anything else to the point where I probably caught myself in lies sometimes where I like, I was <laughs> the fact that I, like I was at this school, just, Oh, I'm just studying. I just transferred in. I'm just studying, you know? Um, and so I was doing that professionally too. Um, I started, you know, my, like my mom worked in medical sales. I started putting myself out there and like talking to her colleagues and, um, just, yeah, started thinking about like, what do I want to do next? You know, but, but I always knew that I, that I wanted and I needed to make money after. And that was a really Which, big deal. What, what were you majoring in there? Were you an engineer major? Psychology. Engineering major, psychology. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I always, I, I kind of figured both my parents are in sales and I was like, well, it's probably the path that I'm going to end up going down. I don't know in what yet, but right. you know, so yeah, I ended up, um, trying to think about what it was next. How am I going to make money? How am I going to live my life and not hate myself for it? Um, mm -hmm. and by doing that, I started like really feeling alive and like having conversations that I really just like gravitated towards. And like, I think that's carried on for a long time. Like to this day, I don't openly tell people that I was, was a former athlete and I played sports really competitively. I think people talk about it all the time, like you put if you were a D1 athlete, like you put it on your resume, because it's like really attractive to people who are hiring. Right. It is not, it's never once been on my resume. Um, what? I've never put it on my resume. Girl, you're a savage, dude. That's the only reason I've ever got hired anywhere. <laughs> Honestly, and, and, maybe, and maybe I should have. I think it was just this part of me where I had to, it was, so, it. It was so hard, Grant. I had to physically like remove myself from that identity and create that barrier and that separation so that I the only way to re-identify and the only way to kind of let it go because you have to let it go at some point you ju you just have to it's really hard for some people I know that and for me it was something that I accepted and I knew that I needed to do so I wouldn't say it was I wouldn't say it was easy for me but I but I I was disciplined in, in making it happen. And so once it stopped, cut ties, I was like, listen, I am not a softball player anymore. That is not who I am. I am retired. 
and I'm moving on to the next phase of my life. And in order for me to do that and not con constantly go back to my ex, <laughs> um, I, I had to just it, like, just be that other person. And, and again, that comes with me sometimes not acknowledging that that person really existed, which is bad. I, I don't say that that's the right way to go about doing it, but I think for me and my mental space, that's what I had to do in order to make it happen. Um, Sean, Sean, bro, wherever you're at, man, beware, man. Yeah. Savage. Exactly. <laughs> she'll, she'll cut you out like a cancer. That's right. Um, that's, 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 that's fascinating to me that, that, that's, I don't think I, to be honest with you, I think you're the first athlete I've ever met who's taken that tact. And you're right. It's it's like a relationship when when that when that ends. And 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 really, truly, the only way to to get over that relationship is to delete the number out of your phone, to delete the Facebook, to delete whatever, delete all the pictures, do all that kind of stuff. Um, and to take that tact is, I mean, it's it's an it's an effective way, and, and that's the way that because guess what? It's a drug, right? It's a drug. Oh, yeah. our, our our brain is used to getting those hits off of it um, for whatever you know whatever aspect it, it it's filling for us. Um, Wow, I'm just I'm 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 kind of blown away. That's 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 yeah. impressive. It, it, it's it's actually very impressive, and it, and it's one way to do it. That's for sure. Like, damn. yeah, I don't I don't like say that that is the right way to do it. I think that it it was. I don't it, think there's it, a right way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It, it it was rough in many ways. It still is. Like when you cut something cold turkey. To your point, like in addiction, right? Like. I can't tell you how many times I've said no to playing in like social rec leagues that I know I would have a good time in. I know like I would like make the best friends and like, it would be so cool to go and do that. And like how bad people have like begged me to play, including Sean, by the way, like Sean, like begs right. me to play. And I, <laughs> I, literally, I have to say, I'm like, I'm like, I say no 99.9% .9 of the time. And I find myself having a hard time explaining why um, to people who can't really relate to the situation and, and what I've gone yeah. historically. Um, but I've like tried talking to Sean about this before and like other friends who are really close to me. It's like, like, why don't you play? Why don't you play? Like, wouldn't it be fun? You'd be so good. And it's like, that's kind of the point. It's like, right. I already know, like, it wouldn't be fun for me because when I play softball, it's not for fun. Right. It's to be, it's to, it's to win and it's to be competitive right. and it's to be my harshest critic. And I don't want to go back into that mental space because it is really hard to get out of for me. Yeah. And then it, it translates into other parts of my life too, that I don't want it to, um, you know, competitiveness is great in a lot of ways and spaces and environments and times, but it's also can be really, really detrimental, I think, to relationships, to, yeah. you know, finding commonalities with people. And it's just, I, I choose to just kind of not subject myself to that space anymore um which you know there's uh, other outlets that i find it in right uh, that's true like a golfer he's golfing that's, exactly that's, some that's some serious self-awareness though like that's impressive and 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 hats off to you for 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 recognizing that about yourself and there's no there's no right or wrong way to go about this i think that's the point i think it's finding whatever is is best for you and 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 really what you what you possess as just your natural personality is is kind of what i'm trying to help cultivate in people with the mindfulness aspect and just understanding what is it that is that works for me how do i know myself to a point how do i know my consciousness to a point that i can make these decisions that will allow me to be in a in a healthy mental space and for some people that's that's you know becoming a coach or that's you know talking about it every opportunity they get to, to kind of like you know give them that little juice that they I'm, I'm still worth something and I, I'll be honest I'm guilty of that I'm I, I I'm guilty of saying you know hey yeah no I played football at Ohio State and this that and the other um so I mean hats off to you like I said that's 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 super impressive um I now I feel even more privileged that you even accepted my offer to come in and, wow. and talk about this <laughs> my pleasure honestly it's been a long time obviously I choose to I choose to not talk about it a lot but I think it's really helpful and I think what you're doing and giving other people I'll call it a resource it really is a resource and just yeah knowledge and experience I, I didn't have it and man do I wish that I did and I'm sure you too and lots of other people but 
it's it's not an easy thing to navigate being as talented in something that other people aren't like sports and then figuring out what to do with that talent how to harvest it and take advantage of it in the right times but also be able again to like let it go when you need to and to be something other than just that talent and um I think it's really important that everyone has the room to learn and navigate in that space um, without being forced to to walk down a narrow path. So um, kudos to you and what you're doing as well. No, I appreciate that. And that's that's exactly what, what I'm attempting to do here is just it's just to be a resource. And it's 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 literally this conversation right here because like I said, I've I've never met an athlete who's 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 been that disciplined to say, you know, nope, I'm cutting it out like that. And, I think that's going to be super helpful with people. I think a, a lot of things that you said in 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 uh, you know that process as well, as far as like leaning on networks, and and that's the wonderful thing that we have about going to these universities. It's not just about being on the on the athletic team. Like you know UCLA is a great example, but it, you know most of these schools that that people are on, like they have amazing networks, and there's people that have so much vast experience and so much specific experience that can be so helpful um, to you. And it's it's really just like you said, stump, stepping out of your comfort zone and saying, I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to, you know, admit that I don't know everything. Because as an athlete, like, you don't admit that, even if even if you might think that you're not saying that to anybody, exactly. you know, what I, you know what I mean. And so to have that is just, I, I, I found that super insightful. And um, I hope I hope the listeners, um, you know, can can gather something from that. But Man, that was that that what a what a story. I I really appreciate you taking the time and and and, and sharing that with us. Um, so, you know, thank you again. And uh, um, we definitely need to get out and golf again soon because I think last time you might have exactly. beat, 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 beat me. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for the chat. And I'm definitely looking forward to playing some golf again. So. For sure. All right. Tell Sean I said what's up and uh, we'll talk soon. Will do. Catch you later. Okay. All right. Later. Bye. Thanks again for sticking around for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information, please visit us at our website at ConsciousAthletics.net and or Instagram at ConsciousAthletics. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit BeCooler.org.